Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. Welcome back to GFA Missions Podcast Research. So glad you're with us today. Uh, this is going to be another um, one of the I, You Asked For It series where people have written in and asked questions. So again, the purpose of this podcast, uh, Research, is all about the church. It's to help you uh, renew, refocus, and revitalize your churches. And we believe a healthy church is a church that glorifies God by equipped disciples continually making disciples. And the question goes back to, okay, some questions for the pastor. So I got uh, our good friend, Pastor Dale Cunningham, back with us. And today we're also joined by his wife, Denise. So Dale and Denise, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a delight to be with you, friend. So glad to have you. And this is, uh, I think, our fourth podcast with Pastor Cunningham. And so glad Denise is able to join us today uh, to get her perspective on this question. Uh, as well as uh, their email addresses will be in the show notes. So, uh, ladies, if you need to contact Denise about this, feel free to, or, or men, contact uh, Brother Cunningham. That will be good, uh, but we'll make all that available. Okay, so the question was brought in. Again, one of our uh, listeners asked, um, this has got to do with pastors and, and their unsaved children. So how does a pastor encourage unsaved adult children? And this is the topic, and we've got several subcategories over that. So as we go into this, um, Dale, why don't you start us at about 30,000 feet. Uh, as we prepared for this, you gave me se- several big-picture items, big-picture thoughts. As we just think about our adult children uh, as pastors and 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 maybe uh, they don't know the Lord or either not living for the Lord. So what were some of those big picture um, comments you made? Well, I'll begin with just simply saying that um, I believe that one of the greatest heartaches in a parent's life, obviously, is when children are not walking in truth. And so I begin with just simply saying that by no means are Denise and myself Uh, professionals at what we're going to talk about here. We deal with sin in our own life. We understand the heartaches of parents because right now, even in our ministry, we have several families that are dealing with this very issue, albeit they're not in the ministry, but yet it's the parallel because the heart's the same. So I just want to simply say my heart goes out to every one of you parents who, who are dealing with this. Right. I hope that today we're, we can encourage you because first of all, I want just to say, remove your focus from your children and begin with God. Amen. Genesis 1.1, it's more than about creation. How awesome is this passage when it says, in the beginning, God. And in every situation that you're facing with your children, every thought that comes to your mind, bring it into captivity and begin with the character of God. God is much bigger than this scenario. And in his omniscience, he knows what's going on in the heart of that child. In his omnipresence, he's where that child is. And 
God in his omnipotence is able to do a greater work than we could ever imagine. Amen. And I think we all agree. Part of this is, as you brought in, is the battle of the mind, the battle of our thoughts. Denise, you want to comment any on that as we just, is from the big, big picture before we get into some questions here, some detailed questions? Uh, I think it's so important that our thoughts are not centered on that, the problem. I think of, you know, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And as uh, as a mom, as a, a dad, whatever, our thoughts have to be turned to the Lord. Amen. And instead of making this this child our focus, which is a very easy thing to do. All right, so... Let's, let's follow up with some, start to get into a few of the details. Um, as Pastor Cunningham said, so we need to believe the truth about God in the beginning God. We need to take every thought captive, Second Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. Uh, we've already mentioned that. So um, I, I just want to bring up another uh, quote that Pastor Cunningham, you gave to me, and I'd like for you and you and Denise to comment on it. It says that, you know, as far as a pastor, when you have an adult child go through this, uh, one of your comments to me is don't rush to resign the ministry and then dump the guilt on the child. So, so many, so many of us, we, we, we react, right? We, we, we don't pray through this because there's a lot of emotion going on. So, um, pastor, you want to comment on that? Um, what you said here, don't rush to resign the ministry and then dump the guilt on your child. Yes, because if you run to thinking that uh, I've lost my ministry because my my adult children are not walking with the Lord, first of all, we have forgotten our identity in Christ. Mm. Um, my number one identity is not Pastor Cunningham. That's right. My identity is my position in Christ, mm. and positional truth should um, dominate me. That uh, I'm reconciled, redeemed, uh, I'm adopted and on and on, who I am in Christ. And, and it's, it, I'm, I'm reminded of, of Jude when he begins by saying, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. He, he didn't announce that he was the brother of James and the half-brother of Jesus, and I played in the same sandbox with him, you know? He, he, said, he said, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ. And I think as, as pastors going through this, we need to remember who we are in Christ first, and then second of all, we need to um, build the relationship with our wife. Uh, how in- important it is that uh, the husband and wife stay on the same page, praying together, enc- being encouraged together, crying together, rejoicing together, uh, because those children, speaking of adult children, probably they've left home. Yes. And uh, in, in most scenarios, the, the, the pastor needs to be building that relationship with his wife. And uh, so I, your, your life is not revolved around being the pastor of a church. So therefore, don't run and resign need to run to Christ. <laughs> Denise, when, if, if you were talking to a pastor's wife and her husband's on the verge of resigning uh, and, and not following what, you, what your husband just said, what would be some words you could speak truth into her life so she could encourage her husband with? 
Uh, what would, how do you, how do you, how would you encourage a wife to be able to approach her husband? I think I would say, um, you know, he needs our support to do what God has called him to do. And that our lives as husband and wife can be such a testimony to the church about how to respond to trial. Um, we are as as prone to hurts and difficulties and these kind of situations as every person in our church. And it makes us, um, I don't know, I, I, not that our testimony is more believable, but people can see that we are applying God's word to our lives. And so if our husband is being called to the ministry, what other sin or difficulty would take us away? We, we wouldn't quit the ministry because um, we have a financial hardship or some other problem has come up. So this situation is as important in showing a testimony to believers in the church. How do we respond yeah. and, and come together, as my husband said, as a team? And um, just sometimes I think the wife needs to be the one to just reach out and grab her husband's hands and say, honey, we're going to, let's just pray together. And I want to pray for you right now. Um, there's a time when he needs that, that encouragement from her to just say, I'm in this with you. Yeah. We're not going to quit. And I, I think to us pastors, we need to be sensitive when our wives do see this because they, they are, God has given us a, a wife to help balance us out. <laughs> And so, man, let's make sure we are being sensitive to that. And I think, as um, Pastor Cunningham has often said, you got to invest in your marriage. He says that in sermons. He says that in his life. So we need to continue to do that. Um, now, Ken, let's get some specific questions, okay? And then I'll let each one of you um, uh, answer it. So uh, one of the questions is, so, you know, how how often – uh, should you mention your unsaved uh, child in prayer requests from the pulpit uh, as a pastor and your burden for your children and this, this child's unsaved? So, Pastor, what would you say to that? Well, first of all, if they are in the church on a particular Sunday, let's say, or they are there consistently, right. I would not mention them from the pulpit. Okay. But I would certainly because of my desperate condition, desiring to see them walk in truth, I'm going to, first of all, find other folks in the church, other opportunities when, though, when that adult child is not there to cry out, yes. have them cry out in prayer for them. So as a pastor, and Denise, you can comment on this, as a pastor's wife, we need to develop, we need to develop prayer partners within the church. Yes. Okay, so Denise, you want to, because ladies are so good at this, you want to comment on that? Well, it's that mentoring relationship. We need to have other women in our lives. And again, it's it's a a place of humility to um, have somebody else that you can say, hey, I need someone to pray with me. And the, the need, we need other people praying for us and for that, those burdens that we're carrying. So, yeah, following the, the Titus 2, uh, looking for another woman who is spiritually mature to right. say, would you uh, pray with me for this burden in my heart? And, yes. and it lets them know that we're all vulnerable. I mean, yeah. I think if a pastor and his wife are not willing to be vulnerable in this area, 
then that we got bigger issues um, yeah. of pride and and you know that type thing. You know, Marsh. At, at this point, we need to move away from from that facade that we as a pastor, pastor's wife, have it all together. Mm-hmm. This is a great opportunity to be to take a risk, right? Because quite frankly, the Christian life is taking risks every day. It, it is. Uh, it's an adventure. When Jesus said, "Follow me." It's an extreme adventure. <laughs> and so in ministry, what an opportunity, even through this, to build teamwork among your church, yes. among even your leaders to say, look, my heart is breaking. I want you to enter into my heart and into this scenario for the heart of our children. Right. Can we join together and pray? Because quite frankly, we as pastors are going and our church people, our, our brother says, we're all going through this together. There's there's no temptation taking you. Such is common to man. And so we're walking together through this thing. And what an opportunity for discipleship. Right. And and Romans 8, 28 and 29 to be fulfilled in this type of situation. Great. All right. Denise, you got anything you want to add to that? Well, I realize you're we're making ourselves vulnerable. And I think if you've ever been hurt in the ministry, and if you've been in the ministry very long at all, you have been hurt. Sure. And so you, you're making yourself vulnerable to somebody else to just lay your heart out there. But what's the greater thing here? The greater thing is that God hear our prayer and that we see this child coming back to Christ or coming to know him as their savior. And we, we lay aside that fear of man and we just, allow the Lord to um, bandage up our heart and bind up the wounds that, that could happen. But a greater thing is at risk than my being hurt. Yeah, I think uh, we also need to guard our, our unsafe children. We don't need to give specific prayer requests about their sins because right. the greater issue is just come to Christ. And I think yeah. that's okay. Yeah. All right, yes. so the next question would be, uh, how do you deal with animosity towards Christianity? when they are opposing, you know, uh, your work. So how would you deal with, with that perspective? Or maybe not your work personally, but maybe opposing uh, the greater work of Christ. Okay, so obviously on the forefront of your heart, you're wanting to see this adult child again come back to Christ. So in your, in your exuberance or in your passion, whatever, you, you want to bring it into every conversation. So you need to back off, just live with that child, have as much normal conversation as possible, but in a genuine way, when it comes up, you speak of the Lord. Right. All right. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say they, they may be, you know, their, their, their animosity is toward Christ, not mom and dad. There we go. All right, so Denise, how, what will be some things that we as couples can do to maintain that relationship? Okay, even though the unsaved adult child may be opposing what's very near and dear to us, how, what are um, specifics or general things we can do to maintain the relationship and show the love that we have for our children? To maintain the relationship to the children. Yes, I'm okay. sorry, I'm sorry, yeah, thanks for the yeah. clarification. To the children. Yes. Um, I think it's just loving them. Just love them. And 
live out your Christian life. If, if you're walking with the Lord that, and you're the fruit of the spirit is going to be coming out of your life. So love, joy, peace, long suffering, all those things are going to be applied to that relationship with your child. So just letting the overflow splash onto them that um, you could include them. You know, you know, if there's a ladies event and you have a, a young adult daughter that you're burdened for, invite her. Sure. But don't pressure her to make her feel guilty that she doesn't want to come. But you could just say, hey, we're having something, you know, I'd love for you to come, you know, and then let it go. Um, I don't think we have to be afraid of discussing mm-hmm. spiritual things or, go. um, you know, sharing just like we would with, you know, our husband or a friend, whatever. Don't be afraid of saying things, you know, I, I, and I, I've heard people say, you know, I would say this, but you know, I don't want them to think I'm preaching at them. Well, don't preach at uh, them, but just share out of the overflow of your heart. What, what's going on, what God is doing. Um, this morning, Dale and I are just having, you know, getting ready in the morning, just passing each other. And I'm like, I read something so awesome this morning in my Bible reading. And it's just like the overflow. It's like, he didn't ask me questions. It's just like, that's what comes out. We should live that way with our children too. And I think that is so compelling that, that just, it's, it's not forced and you're not pointing your finger and, and doing that kind of thing, but it's just that overflow. You can't help it. It's just the overflow of your life. All right. So what would you say to this, both Dale and Denise, um, have a family in mind, they have adult children that have gone away from the Lord and they just blow up the relationship. They think that they must separate from them because of, you know, it's a, you know, that they take it as a personal insult. They're not following the Lord and they've really blown up. I mean, literally destroyed relationships with their adult children. So where would you even start to, to start to live Denise? Like you just said, how would you counsel? What would you tell this, this pastor and his wife, Hey, you've got to go back and, and restore these relationships. Where would you start? Can I say, first of all, don't yeah. start it on Facebook. <laughs> okay. Social don't media. Start it on okay, good. No, and good. I, you know, don't post things, yeah. you know, yeah. the little verse attached to it. That's not the place. Yeah. It okay. needs to happen in the private place. Amen. It needs to happen on uh, just special remembrances of their anniversary, okay. of their birthday, sending a card in the mail, sending them a text in the morning just being personal with them in that, that little part of their private life, not in a social place. Yeah. And I don't think from what you said, you don't need to defend yourself, right? Right. That's what you're saying. You just live out as you're walking the spirit, you live this out. Yes. Dale, you want to add anything to that? Well, first of all, in in reference to that, uh, I've got to do with my own heart and my anger toward my kids because they're not meeting up to my expectation. Psalm 62, five, my expectation comes from the Lord. Mm. He'll never disappoint me. Mm. And so I've got to take care of that pharisaical heart of mine because probably what's driving this is again, I'm the pastor and, and I've got expectations they're not living up to. So I need to, I may even need to go to them and say, listen, and we don't apologize. We, we seek forgiveness. We and I understand we're talking to an unbeliever, but we simply say, I was angry. My pride yeah. got the best of me. Yeah. Please forgive me. No excuses. No, right. but mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I really think humility is so important in all of this. Just humbling ourselves before the Lord, and then he will exalt you in due time. There we go. Right. All right, so I think this next question, the answer is obvious, but it's it's on the list that someone sent in, so I want to ask it. So how much should the, they, the unsaved adult children, be included in family times together uh, when the relationship is difficult? So the question is, again, uh, how much should they be included in family times together when the relationship is so difficult? I think they need to be included as much as possible. The front door should always be open to them, so to speak. But sometimes you may have to draw the line. And I think that the key here is not so much the lines that you draw, but the attitude in which you go about drawing those lines. You want to expand on that? Yes. For instance, uh, I'm not going to allow alcohol in our home. In your so, home. In your home. So when the exactly activities in your house, yeah. Okay, the activities in my house, right. I, I, we're not going to allow you know alcohol. We're not going to allow you to smoke in the house here, please. You can do it outside, mm-hmm. but please not inside. And would ask you to respect that. Right. And so it's it's a matter of of, of love. It's I saw this quote said, "You cannot control your son or daughter, but you can control your life and your home." Right. And, and you need to, by the grace of God. Okay, Denise, you want to pick up on anything with that? You want to add anything, or is that good? I think, yeah. I, I agree. That's very well said. And again, you do this in love. You do it out of a relationship. And I think as from what I have found observing is if we love our children and even though they may differ with us, you know, they, they're going to respect us as we respect them. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, let's go to the next question. Um, um, what should a parent do when the unsaved adults could be influencing younger siblings? What should we do? Again, we're the pastor. We have an unsaved adult child, and we think they're influencing younger siblings to the negative. So um, which one of you want to start with that? I'll, I'll come in on that. Okay. Uh, I think as a, as a mom, my heart would be we would all stay together when the, uh, that adult child is there. It wouldn't be, well, you can you know, go outside or do whatever with them or take them somewhere, spend isolated time with them, we would be all together as a group so that there could be protection over that child. And and also you got to maintain a relationship with the younger child so they can come and ask questions. So again, it's about relationships. In other words, one quote I've heard, which I appreciate, you know, young young uh, teenagers will walk away from rules, but they're not going to walk away from relationships. Mm-hmm. So if it's all about rules, because I am a pastor, you will not, you will, you will not, you will, versus building relationships as with our children, and the more they mature, the stronger that relationship needs to be so they can ask and discuss, you know, mm-hmm. worldviews or whatever it may be that's influencing uh, that. Dale, you want to add anything to that? Yes, as we discussed uh, 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 the last time you and I just chatted about all this, that it's so easy to get focused and consumed on the unsaved adult child that you forget the children that you have at home. Right. And just as you need to invest in your marriage first, because pastors, that's your first ministry is your wife, then second of all, you need to invest in the children that are home. 
and spend time with them, pray with them, love them, even discuss with them from a biblical standpoint what is going on in this broken relationship and how it can be uh, changed through the, the Word of God. Right. Uh, so you can invest in the children that are home. Don't be consumed with the ones, what you don't have. Yeah, and, and, and Denise, I'll ask you to quote on this, uh, comment on this as well. Um, Dale, there's a quote you gave me when we were discussing this. You said, Every situation does not carry the same weight. So again, with our, you know, um, every situation we're in with either our safe children or unsafe children doesn't carry the same weight. So how, what do we make a big deal of and what do we not make a big deal of? Well, with the children that are at home, you know, we just want, again, want to remind them maybe that, you know, we're, we're praying for their sub sibling, that yeah. we love them and that we, um, we're not excluding them and uh, never, ever speak of them in a, a negative manner, like a slander. slander. Or gossip. So, I mean, all this could. Yes, yeah. yes. So guard your heart there and, and only talk to your, your ch- younger child um, about the other one in a, in a positive way in that, you know, we love them. Yeah. Let, let's pray for them. That kind of thing. Um, was that the answer? Let's well, see. I just kind of, all right. So they're different. They're different, uh, different things carry different weights where you might like alcohol is going to be different. Yeah. coming into your home, then, you know, that I, I just, if you had any other insights, Dale, you're the one that gave the quote and I made Denise answer your quote. So that may not have been fair. So Dale, you want to comment on that? Well, yes, because so I think of, uh, of the first Timothy three passage in verse five, you know, for if a man does not how to rule his own house, the word rule is to preside over to right. and to care. It's, it's, it's not, not lording over. And so, therefore, um, there are some things that, just like we mentioned with alcohol or even, let's just say, immodest dress, you know, whatever, in in the home, you need to deal with. But then there are some things that you, and I'm going to just say it this way, in a legalistic way, you don't agree with, but there's no biblical background for that this unsaved person is involved in. Right. Well, well, get your hackles up. Right. Just pray about it. Yeah. Yeah. And love them. It's okay. It's the okay. Lord can do yeah. yeah, and get our pride out of the way. Yes. We've got to get our pride out of the way. Yes. And, and this is an opportunity. We would not treat an unsafe neighbor that way. Right. So why would we treat an unsafe child that way? You know, an adult child. It's because my position as pastor yeah, and the fear of man drives me more than submission to the person of Christ who lives in me. Okay. All right, so, I think that's a really go good question, uh, Marsh, that you just said, you know, to even think about your child and, and say to yourself, would I be treating my yeah. neighbor, my unsaved neighbor? Mm-hmm. How would I respond to them? What would I be doing for them that I'm not doing for or sure. expecting of my own child? That's a really good question. Yeah. All right. So any is there any other scripture y'all want to bring to light? One, one of the ones that I always, one of my go-tos on this, all right, for an unsaved adult child, Ezekiel 18, one through four, it's, it makes it very plain that it's a soul that, you know, when a child leaves our home, we're no longer responsible. We can pray, but Ezekiel 18 makes it very clear. It's a soul that sins that it will die. Mm-hmm. So we, we cannot take um, guilt upon ourselves 
Um, and like I said, we've asked forgiveness where we need to, but, you know, I, I think that we must let that child take responsibility. And so we don't need to immediately run and resign from the ministry. We need maybe to evaluate where we are. But um, that's one passage. Is there any other, um, I think uh, we're going to close here with Philippians 4, 6 through 8 in just a minute about what we should be thinking on. Um, any other any other anchors of Scripture for anchors uh, you want to put down? Anything else that comes to mind? Isaiah fifty five eleven. Okay. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. Yeah. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I think in all of this, we need to remember the past, mm-hmm. not regret the past, but remember the past in that think about all the word of God that this unsaved child has heard. Right. It carries much more weight than anything I have ever said. And the word of God will accomplish the purpose wherein to it has been sent. And Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick and powerful and right. sharpening to edged sword. And it will go to the very intents and thoughts of that child's heart. Right. So I need to trust the word and know that even God in his omniscience and his sovereignty can send people into that child's life, that adult child, to nudge them and convict them of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. I must trust the word. So it doesn't, it can be somebody else God uses. Exactly. It doesn't have to be you. Exactly. Exactly. Denise, it probably you, uh, will be. Amen. Denise, you want to add anything to that? Um, well, I have a different verse. How okay. about that? Good. That'd be good. Samuel, chapter 12. Um, Samuel is talking to Saul as he's getting ready to be the king. And he says, moreover, for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Right. And of course, we know, you know, what happened to Saul and how he turned away from the Lord. But I think that needs to be a reminder in our own hearts that God forbid that we would sin against the Lord in not praying and and knowing and believing that God is able to bring this child to himself. Amen. And um, yeah, just, I think it's just, it's a good thing for me because it pushes me. It makes me lean harder into prayer. It's a good thing. Okay. I want to piggyback on what Dale said. You know, I think in part of the preventive thing may be for pastors and or anyone listening who has young children one of the practices that i know we put in place in our family that we heard about in family devotions just memorize a verse a week memorize a chapter a year and then just go back and review so if if you can just get five six seven eight key Mm -hmm. chapters of god's word memorized as children and then exactly what pastor Cunningham said god can bring the spirit can bring back all those verses that they've memorized and use them for good. But as we need to, while we can, while we have that open door. So that's kind of a preventive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I'm going to close with this quote and then ask you if you have anything else to say. So one of the great phrases that I like to encourage parents with, with children of any age. Okay. <laughs> is just say the last chapter has not been written. That's right. You know, that, that, uh, that you've got to continue to pray, allow God to work, um, it's the word of God. It's the power of Christ. It is Romans 16. I mean, one sixteen. you know, what is the gospel? It's the power of God unto salvation. You can't save them. I can't save them. 
but Jesus can. So mm-hmm. we need to go to him in prayer. Okay, Denise, last word from you. Anything else you want to comment on? God is able. Don't Amen. give up. Don't quit. Don't Amen. make yourself feel guilty. You point that child, each of your children, to Christ. Okay. Just live it out. Live. That is the most compelling thing, mm-hmm. is to live a life of faithfulness to the Lord. Amen. Not because So you'll have results, but because you love the Lord. Dale, you want to close us with your thoughts on Philippians 4, 6 through 8? Uh, and you want to close us with that, please? Yeah, so Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing. Mm-hmm. And this can consume you. Mm-hmm. But if it does, then these children become an idol mm-hmm. instead of the preeminence of Christ who lives in us. And so therefore, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, and supplication, praying scripture, as you mentioned while I go memorizing the word, oh, parents, pray the scriptures and, uh, and give thanks because God is doing a work through you, in you, through your ministry, through your family. He hasn't forsaken you. He, he's not abandoned you. Um, he will not leave us nor forsake us and leave us in a lurch. And so, therefore, give thanks, rejoice, as he says. And then, verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Amen. Think on what you know is true. Don't worry and set your mind on things going forward. Think, oh, if this happened, then all the what ifs. No, what, first of all, is true about God in the beginning, God? What is true about Christ? And what you know to be true about his word in reference to your children and think on those things. Amen. Amen. All right. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Again, the Cunninghams, uh, Pastor Cunningham's at Boone's Creek Bible Church in Johnson City, Tennessee. Thank you for your time. And again, thanks to GFA for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Research all that this they put into this is to be a blessing to you and for our, our listeners, just like we're responding to uh, this question. If you have topics you'd like to discuss, have discussed, uh, please let us know. So again, thanks to GFA Missions. Uh, You can find anything you need about our ministry at gfamissions.org and about uh, what we do here, uh, gfamissions.org slash consulting, or we're here to help you um, have a healthy church. And I know the Cunninghams would love to help you as well. Uh, So Dale and Denise, thank you. And uh, pray God's blessings on you as you continue ministry there. Thank you. Well, thank you. And for all of these parents out there, you may not know us, but I will tell you, sitting here today, we're cheering you on. Amen. Look to Jesus. Amen. All right. Thank you, Cunningham. Thank you. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.